Here's some advice that I hope you're not looking for. If you want to kill someone and get away with it, you might try burning their house down. It's possible to commit the crime and destroy all the evidence at the same time. So over the years, firefighters took notice of patterns left by fires, and they used them to help solve cases. But these techniques had never been subjected to the scientific method, and that's turned out to be a problem, a big problem. Let's look closely at one case where investigators relied heavily on forensic evidence. It was a grisly fire in 1986 in Waco, Texas. It left two young boys dead in a backyard shed. Their stepfather, Ed Graff, was charged with setting the fire. Reporter Dave Mann has spent years following this case. He's the editor of the Texas Observer. So the prosecution's version is that Ed Graff left work early on August 26, 1986. He picked up his two stepsons from daycare. He told his wife to stay at work late. They got home about 4.40 in the afternoon. Ed Graff rendered the boys unconscious, dragged them from the house to this small wood shed in the backyard. He poured gasoline around near the door, closed the door, locked it, went back to the house. 455, flames engulfed the shed, burned in almost nothing in minutes. One of the most damning pieces of evidence in the case was the fact that Ed had taken out insurance policies on the boys about a month before the fire. Ed Graff was a mild-mannered banker, not the first guy you'd peg as a homicidal killer. But the prosecutors made him out to be a Jekyll and Hyde, a man who was seething inside at his stepsons. He believed they were coming between him and his wife, Claire. So Claire testified at the trial. She said... He never said one time that he was sorry the boys were dead, or he was sorry that they were gone. And then prosecutors brought in an expert from the fire marshal's office, and he pointed to burn patterns that proved the prosecution's theory. Alligatoring charring, which is charring that kind of looks like the scales of an alligator. The investigator said that was the result of an intense gasoline fire. The floor had been completely burned through. And that told him that the fire had been set with gasoline. A V burn pattern. V shaped pattern that pointed to the origin of the fire. Literally pointed. And finally, the boys had been found dead on their backs. That indicated that the boys were unconscious when the fire had started. And if you're the jury and you're hearing that from this forensic expert, that's pretty convincing. The jury found Ed Graff guilty. He's been in prison for the past 25 years. But his story isn't over yet. To understand why, we have to look at another case from a few years after the Graff fire. It's known as the Lime Street Fire. In 1990, Gerald Lewis was charged with capital murder for setting a fire in Jacksonville, Florida that killed six people. The victims included his wife and stepchildren. Investigators thought Lewis had set the fire, and the evidence was very similar to the Graff case. Deep charring of a hardwood floor and a fire that burned suspiciously fast. And just like Graff, Gerald Lewis argued that one of the kids had accidentally set the fire. The prosecution called national fire expert John Lentini to Florida. Lentini agreed it looked like arson, 
but he couldn't find any traces of gasoline in the remains. So the prosecutors took an identical house on the same street, filled it with the exact same type of furniture, and set it on fire. Lentini picks up the story. We just said, let's test the hypothesis that this was a child play fire setting, like the defendant said. So we lit the couch on fire. Fire investigators, when they're testifying in cases, they'll say, fire burns up and out. Well, it does that, but only until it reaches the ceiling. And then it begins to behave entirely differently. You can quickly generate heat release rates on the order of three megawatts. And to put that in context, your average portable space heater is 1.5 kilowatts. So multiply that by 2,000. You can see a video of this online. It's stunning to watch. As soon as the couch is set on fire, a black cloud of hot gas starts to collect at the ceiling. This cloud descends until all at once, everything in the room bursts into flames. This moment is called flashover. I had expected that the fire would take on the order of at least 10 to 15 minutes before it would make the transition to flashover. The room went to flashover somewhere around four minutes. And there was charring in the doorway, there was charring in the hallway, and it looked just like the house where the people died. It went like the defendant said. After this test, I, I said to the prosecutor, I said, I can't give that deposition tomorrow. I had been on the verge of making a very serious error by testifying against Gerald Lewis. Uh, what we know now is that if you let it burn for three minutes beyond flashover, it's almost impossible to tell where in the room the fire started. And people were saying, John, you're taking away our tools. And I said, you know, the tools don't work. They're, they're, it's all made up. This is a reality that uh, many fire investigators are still uh, in denial about. This experiment happened more than 20 years ago, and the lessons learned from it are now well established. But it's proven extremely difficult to reopen old arson convictions. In 2004, Texas executed a man named Cameron Todd Willingham, who was convicted largely on the basis of flawed science. After an official state investigation of Willingham's case, the Texas Fire Marshal's Office and the Innocence Project of Texas began to work together. They took a fresh look at arson cases in the state, including the Ed Graff case. Reporter Dave Mann explains. The burn patterns don't tell you anything about how the fire in that shed started. All they tell you is that the wood in that shed was subjected to a very intense fire. But the most compelling new evidence came from a fire investigator named Doug Carpenter. My opinion in this case, based on the evidence and analysis, is this was an accidental fire. Over the past decade, Carpenter has helped develop a new way to investigate fires. Carpenter focused on blood tests taken from the Graff boys. The carbon monoxide levels in Joby and Jason Graff's blood were over 70%, unusually high. When carbon monoxide levels reach 50%, it's usually fatal. Carpenter says that proves the fire could not have happened the way prosecutors said it did. In a hot-burning gasoline fire, the boys would have died from the heat 
before the carbon monoxide levels in their blood got that high. So that disproves that particular hypothesis. Carbon monoxide is produced when a fire doesn't have enough oxygen to fully combust, which happens right after flashover. He says the boys must have lit the fire in a small compartment, and that went to flashover before the rest of the shed. We can create flashover conditions in smaller compartments within a room. We can create it in the knee hole of a desk. We can create it under a coffee table. We can create it underneath a sofa. I call it a room within a room. Carpenter says the graph fire likely went like this. At 4.40, Graf and the kids arrived home. Graf stayed in the house. And the boys went out to play, just like Graf said they did. The two boys went into the shed, and they lit a fire. Likely on a shelf or underneath an upholstered chair that was in the shed. Any place where there was a small compartment with the ceiling and three sides. Inside that small compartment, the fire went to flash over. It grew big enough that it no longer had enough oxygen to burn efficiently. It started releasing high levels of carbon monoxide into the air, at the rate of tens of thousands of parts per million. You can only survive that level of carbon monoxide for a couple minutes. At 4.55, the boys were already unconscious, on their backs. The Texas Court of Criminal Appeals has overturned Ed Graff's conviction. He'll be getting a new trial, with Doug Carpenter testifying in his defense. On the one hand, the original scientific evidence against Graff has been completely discredited, and the defense will bring in a national expert who can show how the fire likely was an accident. On the other hand, prosecutors still have a grieving mother, convinced her ex-husband is a cold-blooded killer. As with the first trial of Ed Graff, the jury will not be scientific experts themselves. They will ultimately have to decide who to believe. I'm Michael May.